What does it mean to be truly educated? Roald Dahl said, I have a passion for teaching kids to become readers, to become comfortable with a book, not daunted. Books shouldn't be daunting. They should be funny, exciting, and wonderful. And learning to be a reader gives a terrific advantage. It is the joy of reading that teachers want to inspire. However, somewhere along the way, we lose sight of this and feel the pressure to assess reading with tests, essays, and presentations. The result? The joy of reading wanes, not only for students, but for teachers. And thus, it drives teachers to begin to look for ways to catch students not reading, which further perpetuates the problem. Marissa Thompson is a high school English teacher and professional development instructor at the University of San Diego. In 2019, Marissa was named San Diego Innovative Educator of the Year. She is author of the blog, Unlimited Teacher. Marissa developed an approach to reading known as thoughts, questions, and epiphanies, also known as TQE, which is embraced by teachers and students around the world. In this episode of Beyond the Curriculum, I have the pleasure to learn more about Marissa's approach. At what point of your career did you realize you needed to shift away uh, the way that you do reading instruction? Where, what, when did you feel like you hit some brick wall and you're like, I got to do something completely different? I was going to leave education. I couldn't stand what I was doing. Um, the kids didn't like what they were doing. They were cheating on the stuff, you know, that I was assigning. And I don't even like the, the idea of reading instruction. I, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but I think it's such an authentic experience, or it should be an authentic experience to pick up a piece of text and read it and have that first experience with it. Um, and really evaluate what what do you think and how does that relate to you? Can you connect to it? Um, and then start having those conversations. I think that's the real instruction. And then when I had students reading for the gotcha quizzes that I was making up or just reading enough to be able to finish, you know, the last question of the list that I gave them, I realized this is not for me. And I, I was, I, I had applied elsewhere. <laughs> I was going to be a corporate trainer of all inspirational jobs. And instead, I, I started talking to my students. And at one point, I'm, I can still see it. I, I'm standing at the board and I stop like mid-sentence on the board. And I turn around, and I look at them and I said, do you think I could assess whether or not you've read and whether or not you understood it without quizzes or question lists? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, would you be willing to try that with me? And so I know we're going to talk about it today, but um, it took some doing and it took some frustration and it took some like, maybe this isn't going to work, but it did work. And I absolutely love my job now. Like I went from yeah. quitting to loving what I do. Yeah. I had a similar yeah. experience too. And I just, why are kids reading Beowulf? Why? And I almost I like Beowulf. Why well, do too? I absolutely love yeah. it and I love teaching it. But is reading Beowulf for the sake of reading Beowulf to take a test? Right. And write an essay on yeah. it? And yeah. I just, I, I, 
I was, I, I was almost to the point of where I was like, I need to find a new job or I need to, yeah, because I'm not servicing anybody here. So I totally yeah. get that. Um, yeah, that was a huge brick wall that I hit into that if I, and I told my administrator and my colleagues, like, if I don't find a solution for this, I'm gone at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I was lucky. I had a, um, a awesome principal who pushed my buttons, you know, and he was a instigator. And uh, at one point I was like, I just hate what I'm doing. And he like fired right back at me and goes, then why are you doing it? You know, do something else. And I just, I loved that. So we, I started trying stuff and my, my kids were on board, um, which was really, really great. And that's the, that's the fun thing is kids come to us wanting to learn. That's the misconception. You know, kids don't need us to enforce something. If, if we feel like we have to force it, then they're going to feel forced in it. But kids want to learn. Yeah. Um, so why is it important for learners to develop as readers? That's a huge passion of yours. It, it, it is a huge passion of mine. And, and it's funny because I actually went into um, ELA because I liked writing. I hated reading. Um, but now it's, it is a huge passion of mine. And I think any time that we practice reading, and especially when we practice analysis, it, it hones those skills that they're going to need to be able to take in any information. Um, and I, I think it allows them to consider what they think first um, before being told what to think. Uh, and I, I like that. I like that it's a safe place for them to question ideas, um, to take in new ideas, and consider somebody else's perspective, and then really evaluate for themselves. Do I believe what this author is saying, or do I believe what I think? Um, I just, yeah, I, th I think it's so applicable and when we look at what's going on in the world right now, there is so much information to analyze. You know, there's so much information. We're being bombarded with it daily. Um, and not just during the pandemic, but just there is constantly information coming at them, coming at us. And it used to be, you know, you'd have to actually watch the six o'clock news to get information if you wanted it. So being able to um, sift through information to figure out what they think. I think that that's everything right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, to be truly educa educated, you need to be a, 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 a smart consumer. And reading is, makes you an intelligent consumer. So, so explain, what is TQE? Um, explain the steps that you use to guide uh, reading instruction in your classroom. How it, just lay it all out for us here. Yeah. So that's what it ended up becoming. And, and it wasn't meant to be a thing, you know, and now it's a thing. And so people refer to it. And uh, I, I asked my students, like I said, hey, do you think we could make this happen? Could I assess you without tons of homework that gets assigned with the reading? Could I assess you without these quizzes where I'm trying to find something that's not on spark notes that you would remember. And like, this is a really weird system that we've set up um, and that we've all somehow agreed to. Um, and they're like, yeah, we can do something. What would it look like? I'm like, shoot, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying stuff too, but I, what I'm thinking is, you know, and so with my juniors, a college prep class. So um, a regular junior class with students with IEPs and 504s and special needs and English learners, everybody. Um, we read the things they carried 
such a great book. And uh, I said, all we're going to do, you're going to read it. And then we're going to talk about it every day. And I'm going to uh, try and assess you from that. Um, and you don't have to know the answers because I'm not going to be asking you questions. You can ask the question and you can get an A. And you should see these kids are looking around. Did she just say all we have to do is read and talk about it? Because I can do that, you know? And I had, I had all these students emerge as these leaders and they were normally kids that said, you know, they're quote unquote bad at reading and they're quote unquote bad at English. And it changed everything. Um, and their confidence changed and um, their excitement about reading changed. I had one student during that particular unit um, come up after a discussion we had and she said, you know, I just want to say thank you. Um, that was the best English class I've ever had. And I said, just so you know, that's what college is like. If you take a college English class with a bunch of people that are reading the book, you get together, you talk about it. And it's such a blast. She was like, that's college. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> you know. Um, so what we ended up doing, that was my junior class. Uh, the next book was with my freshman and we read To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk about it. So here's what it ended up becoming. Students would read and we would read in class, read at home, whatever. They would take annotations and I set up the most simplistic annotation style. So it works for every subject, every grade level, every everything. Um, and there's a whole story behind that. So they come in with their annotations. They walk into class. I'm set up in tables. The class is set up in tables. And they sit with their friends and they talk to each other for 15 minutes. And I have question stems up around the room. I have TVs around my room that we made that we put up. And the question stems are there. They speak for 15 minutes. I wander around kind of like a waitress, right? I wander around, I hit my table and I, uh, I play devil's advocate. What are you guys talking about? What are you doing? What do you think? You know, um, do you think that Harper Lee really meant that? Or do you think that, you know, why do you think she included that? Or does that really seem like an important part or what kind of theme do you think that's supporting? And we play and we just play and play and play. And then after 15 minutes, I have them curate their discussion. And they're supposed to go offer two things for the class discussion. And this is where it came from. The kids say, what are we supposed to put up there? And I said, well, I don't want like quiz questions. Like it shouldn't be something that you question and just answer, but something that's thought provoking. And they're like, well, I don't really understand. I'm like, you know, like any thoughts you have or, or any lingering questions you have or any epiphanies you have. And that's where it came up with was TQE. Yeah. Um, so it was just put those up on the board. They put them up on the board and then we talk as a class. Um, and I lead it because I enjoy talking about literature, but usually I just read what it says and I turn to the class and go, what do you think? And, and we talk and it becomes, God, I mean, it's really something. It sounds so simplistic. Go home, read, take notes, small groups, discuss, offer a couple things. We have a class discussion. It's it, inspiring and um, energizing. Um, very much in-depth conversations about not only the characters and the themes, but also 
the craft of writing um, and the structures even of education because it's different, you know? Yeah. So it's a blast. You, you brought up a word that, that kind of stood out to me there. You said we play. And there's yeah. been so much research done now on the, um, the role of play and learning and how play and learning are, uh, coincide. And, and when we take play out of learning, learning isn't really occurring. Um, so I really appreciate that you, that you said we play. Um, and, yeah. and it's not work. It's, what I used to do is work. That's for right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's been a huge focal point in my classroom, um, developing play and what we do because yeah, kids become engaged and, and I, yeah, they are passionate about, um, learning at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, so now how might, uh, so how has, uh, TQE like transformed your classroom? Well, it's been three years now, maybe four years that I, that I've been doing it. Um, and then it's been shared now for the last almost two years since the first, uh, podcast interview came out and people started trying it. Um, right now it's very much the exact same structure, but I'm so much more confident that it works. And, uh, it's, it's helped me to go to a mastery system, right? I don't do points. I know that we're mm -hmm. gradeless, right? Um, that's been really wonderful. And, and uh, knowing that my kids are so capable, much more capable than I used to give them credit for, I'm sad to say, but also have to admit, it really has, it was a catalyst for me to turn things over to them. You know, we hear all these, these cliches, you know, we hear all the adages of, you know, the ones doing the work or doing the learning. And it's like, dude, I promise you I'm assigning my kids work. That's what I used to think. You know, um, my kids do a lot of work, but it's not that they were doing a lot of work. It's that they were doing a lot of assignments and the difference in that they weren't doing a lot of thinking work. Um, so now, I mean, if, if you were to come into my classroom or students who are newer to my classroom, uh, they're surprised at how much work we do and how few assignments we do. Like they, they say, like, we, we think in here and it's like, yeah, you do. And I'm going to push you really hard, um, to where you're going to need to get used to it, to appreciate it. But, um, we do a lot of work. Not a ton of assignments, but lots of learning. So how would somebody, like if you had a science teacher or a social studies teacher, somebody else in a, another content area come to you and say, hey, this is really cool. How do I use it in my class? What would you say? So this has actually been um, a common question, right? Um, and TQE is being used elementary school through grad school. Um, I've, I've had a lot of people contact me saying, Hey, I, I went for it with this class and I know it's working, um, in some ways in every subject that you can imagine. Um, even a film class. I know that, um, at a, at a grad school, there, there was a professor using it for her film class. For some reason, it's super popular in fourth grade. Anytime that students are taking in information and are thinking about it and then share their thoughts, that's it. 
So that should be, I hope, every class, right? Because if not, then I don't know. It, but that's what I hope anyway, right? Is that every class, the students are able to take an information, think about it, talk about it, apply it, and hopefully learn more from each other than just from the teacher. But my favorite part about my presentations when I present TQE is I like to show all the different ways that teachers have tweaked it, you know? And I, I, I always say, the teachers are absolutely the experts of their content area, of their community. Um, but you can adjust anything. Use it as a, a, a launching pad for whatever it is that you want to do and that you'll feel comfortable with and your students will feel comfortable with. So um, it's interesting. Most, most of the teachers heard about TQE through a podcast and because they didn't have the visuals, they made up their own version of TQE. And so I now have like 20 different versions of TQE that I, that I offer at the end of each of my presentations. So um, the process is the same, the steps appear to be the same, um, but they're using different tools. And um, I, I think it would make so much sense for history, you know, talk yeah. about this event, talk about this speech. Yeah. What do you think? We want our learners to be inspired by reading because it helps them become informed, critical citizens. And when students are turned off by reading, blaming others will not change anything. Rather, we have to look to ourselves and consider our reluctant readers to be an opportunity to truly teach, to make real, lasting impressions. But authentic teaching begins with relationships. And when relationship is the foundation of our pedagogy, our students are willing to take risks because they trust us. And trust goes both ways. It is clear that Marissa trusted her students and took a risk with them, and thus creating a system that inspires readers all over. For more information about Marissa or TQE, visit beyondthecurriculumpodcast.com and check out the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button as you will want to catch every episode. And remember, to leave a rating and review. I appreciate your support and it helps people to find the show. I'd like to give a shout out to my patron supporters. Thank you. I hope you will also partner with me as a patron. Your support helps offset the cost of producing this podcast and brings more meaningful learning opportunities that take learners beyond the curriculum.